as part of, since we finished the uh, big book on page 102, I have the book Carry This Message by Joe <laughs> McHugh. Some of you have seen it. And it's about how we're supposed to carry this message, how we work with people, how we work on steps, all the steps with individuals. It's a different perspective than the steps we took. His first uh, chapter is uh, uh, passing on a special gift. So I copied and I started with the notes of the editor so people can see. Joe McHugh is a special place in my heart because until I listened to him and Joe and Charlie, I had no understanding of what the program was, or what the book, how the book was laid out. And I'd been going to meetings for years, but it just didn't connect. And uh, so we're going to cover this. And we may finish it tonight. If not, we'll do it next week if you promise to bring your handouts. And uh, I thought I'd copy the note to the editors because uh, He's talking now in the first, this chapter about AA, how it's changed, what our responsibilities are, how we can still make this organization as powerful as it has been in the past. And it, he, these are from the, uh, the three people, actually, they interviewed Joe, and then they were able to put his thoughts into, these, uh, into this book. And I know several people in the group here, I'm looking at Mike, I know he uses that book a lot sponsor and it's really a great book. Uh, several years after the steps we took was published, Joe began to talk with us about some changes he saw taking place. The treatment center movement seemed to be waning. The steps we took I think was published in 93 or 95. Um, seemed to be waning for the first time he said membership in AA was declining. Joe was particularly concerned in AA groups we had to some extent relinquished our responsibility, even our ability to take new people through the first three steps. I think that may be true. The crucial work having been turned over for some years to the treatment centers. He believed that we needed to return to our responsibilities as recovering people to help new people through the whole program from beginning to end. I mean, that's what, really what it's all about. Some things have not changed, notably the principles upon which AA was founded. And carry this message and then the steps we took he leads us back to the original text, AA, for a review of the simple program. I mean, he follows the book in both the steps we took. You know we've done many meetings with that. And in this book, and uh, Joe and Charlie really made the big book come alive for me. And um, uh, he says it's brought joy and freedom to people in AA, Al-Anon, more than 200 other organizations. Uh, it's still true that alcoholism is a disease, that the only way to overcome the disease is a spiritual awakening and that a thorough working of the 12 steps of AA. Now, I think you can stay sober without working all the steps, but I think if you want to have the uh, overcome the disease, the disease with life and the separation from God, then you need the spiritual awakening. And there's a difference between being sober and emotional sobriety. And um, what, what I seek is emotional sobriety and uh, I constantly have to do the steps to uh, uh, stay connected to God and free of the bondage of self. He says, we learned the third step prayer on page 63 of the big book to ask our higher power to take away our difficulties so that our victory over our own difficulties were bear witness to those we would serve. So how can we serve most effectively is the focus of this book. How we can best pass on the principles of the simple program in meetings and in sponsorship. We believe that to achieve sobriety and serenity for ourselves, and I like this, we must carry this message. I was talking to Dawn before the meeting, and uh, maybe she'll quote Clancy later, but when you, when you start teaching 
the steps and going over the steps, then that's when you really learn the steps when you're working with another person. And Joe McQuaney, we call him Joe McHugh, he taught the steps all over the world. I mean, they did 50, 30, 35 weekends a, a year for like 20 years. They went all over. Offers here tried and true techniques for working with others. Techniques simple to follow and true to the big book and the principles of our program. And he shares his experience, strength, and hope and reminds us of how A meetings and sponsorship can best be used to reach our goal, a spiritual awakening. So you see why this book was written, the purpose of it. I think it's very consistent with uh, the goals of uh, AA. I wrote a thing on AA-approved literature. That was the first uh, thought I wrote when I started the site. And I remember we had this, uh, we were doing the steps we took a few years ago and there was a get visitor from Oregon and he was gonna work at Burlington and we were on resentments on the fourth step and he was sitting over there where Mark was and he had this book and he kept looking at it and studying it and this and that and I could see he was getting really aggravated. And so uh, towards the end he goes, you know, this is an AA approved. He goes, I'm gonna report you guys. <laughs> I said, well, you know, we're on resentment. You know, you might want to read this. And you know, Bill W. said anything that will get you closer to God is, is acceptable to read at a meeting. The, the first meeting ever between uh, Dr. Bob and Akron, he read uh, from the Bible. And remember, before they had the big book, they read from scriptures and other things. So then he has the 12 steps. Everybody's heard of those. And uh, passing on a special gift. And I was reading this today. It's, it's really good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, stop at uh, 8.15 and leave some time and then we'll pick it up uh, next week or maybe a little sooner. <coughs> he wrote, this is from Tradition 5 and the 12 Steps. And I think we forget this. Each group has one, one primary purpose. That's the purpose of the group to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And many of you know that after my son died, um, God spoke to me. That's the only way I can explain it to try to do Joe and Charlie's type, type meetings so people would understand uh, the textbook so they could work the steps and then they wouldn't have to die in their car at three in the morning. And it's better to do one thing well than many badly. I think, you know, we have to ask ourselves, how well are we carrying the message in our meetings and with each other? The life of our fellowship depends on this principle. The ability of each AA to identify himself with and bring recovery to the newcomer, it is a gift from God. <coughs> And passing on this gift to others is our one aim. Sobriety can't be kept unless it is given away. And I think that's true, and it's really, we need to be reminded of this. He goes, uh, once in a while we have to take a critical look at things, even the things we think are worthy and working well. Otherwise, we may look up and find them gone. Even AA has grown as well some of its message. We need to return to our message to our roots. Because of our tradition of anonymity, the only way the message can be carried is through the big book, through meetings, and through sponsorship. There's no other way the suffering alcoholic is going to receive our message. Now, there are other ways now, since this book was written, because like Joe and Charlie, I listen to over the internet, and all the speakers as they speakers, and you know, there's a lot, of, a lot more available to people, especially if they're in rural areas and they can't get the meetings. But in the beginning, it was one-on-one, -on -one. it was, uh, primarily at the meetings. Uh, the big book has never been changed, so it's authentic. But meetings have changed and sponsorship has also changed and may have lost some of its effectiveness. And why is the big book important? 
Not, not only that, but because it's the specific directions on how to recover from a hopeless condition of mind and body, right? It's the, it's the spiritual path to God. It's the treasure map, right? And the treasure is our relationship. And they say on page 20, if you're an alcoholic and wants to get over it, it says, what do I have to do? And it says, that's what we're going to answer that question specifically in this book. And this is their experience. And then on page 45, it says, lack of power is our dilemma. And we need a power to live. And it can't come from us. So how and where do we find the power? Well, how we find the power, we read it tonight and how it works. And where we find the power is we agnostics. And then they say, and this book, we wrote this book to show us how we can find the power and have a relationship with God. And so uh, that's why this book is so important because it is the message, it is AA. It says, uh, uh, the message is supposed to be delivered in meetings. I hear people say we need to carry the message to the treatment center, but I think we need to be sure to carry it to the meetings. For the first 25 or 30 years, up until the 1960s, the message we heard in meetings was the same. There were only about 150,000 people in the program. Can you imagine how much it's grown? Groups still relied on the big book and the A message. People didn't travel as, not, as much. People were mainly in their hometowns. And um, there was more one-on-one. -on -one and and uh, there was really the home groups, like each town had their group and their meeting. With the growth of the treatment center movement in the late 60s and 70s, one of the biggest helps and one of the biggest hindrances to AA came along. Although AA has no direct connection with treatment centers, they have certainly affected the program. Now, I remember in the 80s uh, uh, when you could get paid for a month's uh, uh, treatment, hospitals couldn't build their treatment centers fast enough. Used to have 100, 200 people at a time. It was a big money maker. I'm sure they tried to help people. They uh, they had their their uh, their treatment program, but um, it was uh, it was a very uh, financially uh, uh, remunerative part of medicine, unfortunately. But I think in the beginning they really tried to base it on AA. <coughs> that changed over the time. I mean, we have that commercial, the Addiction Network. Anybody watch ESPN? And uh, then they have the Malibu, where they show you the pictures of uh, the beach. And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, never let me to the beach. Yeah. All right. Listen, I drove a lot. I, 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 my my concentration. And I had that cross stitch, remember, so, you know, bear with me. I ate with the cross stitch babes, cross stitch babes. <laughs> Heidi, <laughs> don't listen to this. She never listens, don't worry. All right, they're giving me a hard time. All right, let's get back to this. It says, it says they would meet the newcomer, and he or she would be more or less coerced into working the 12 steps in a timely way. I mean, the newcomer got a lot of attention in the old days because there weren't a lot of new people coming in all the time. And they put the alcoholic in a box by working steps one and two. And why are you in a box? Well, if you're Paris over alcohol and you can't manage your life, you need a power that's greater than yourself to relieve you of your alcoholism, what do you do next? You either go one the way you are or you surrender in the step three and you work the steps. 
And sponsorship is moving a person from one place to another. We do it step by step. To me, uh, sponsorship gets confusing a lot. For me, it's just, are you guiding the person through the steps? That's the deal. And uh, just showing them what you did and helping them uh, follow those steps and hopefully they get what you have. With the rise of treatment centers, newcomers began to come to us with what they had been exposed to there. Lots of therapies. I don't know what transactional analysis is. It sounds fun. <laughs> reality therapy. Who wants the more reality than we had when we came in here? I mean, let's be real. And many others decided to treat other problems. Many people came to AA by way of treatment centers. These people came to AA and continue to come to AA with other philosophies and other ideas. And there's been a tendency for some of these ideas to dilute the A message of recovery. Uh, it's, I think that's so true. And, and remember they said, uh, they predicted that AA would change over time and things change. Uh, but the book stays the same and I think now we see, they're gonna mention there's a renaissance back to the book and back to studying the book and the message. In the early days of AA, sponsors would come to the alcoholic's home and talk them through steps one and two. We talked about that, we read uh, working with others. And they were convinced he's ready. They'd start him on the program. And uh, they uh, became very skilled at working this beginning part of the program with people. Remember, they would do steps one and two. And then before you went to the meeting, you went upstairs and did the third step. And they'd decide if you were serious or not. And if you weren't, you didn't go to the meeting. They really wanted people who had surrendered. I think that's why their success rate was high. They, they only worked with the people who were really seemed to be completely defeated. It says since the early 70s, remember statistics can be anything you want. You can make the denominator, numerator, anything you want. I think recovery is the same today as it was in 1935. It's just the people they, that got selected to get into AA really wanted this and now we have so many more people coming at different stages of their, uh, of their surrender. And so I don't think it's changed. When we saw the alcoholic in it, because remember he says, rarely have we seen a person fail really follow the path. But then to get the people to follow the path, a lot of people drop out before that. But of the people who follow the path, I think the recovery rate's the same. When we saw the alcoholic in AA, he or she had already been sober and already taken steps one and two. There wasn't as much pressure. But of course, I think when you get people who've worked steps one and two, they're not as, they come from treatment, they're not as, uh, defeated as they were 30 days ago. So when you get them, there's, a, there's also that aspect too. When you find the new person who's come out of treatment, they've detoxed. They may not have been as desperate <coughs> as they was the day they went to treatment. And then when you get less desperate, then you get less willing, right? And then you start to think, right? And you're starting to think about this. And then maybe you took this too seriously. And maybe things weren't that bad. And, I did 30 days. I could do 30 days any time I want. Uh, anybody ever thought of any of those things? I mean, it's alcoholism. Uh, now, he says because of health reforms and all this us, there are fewer and fewer treatment centers. And it says at the same time, we may have lost some of our skill in working with alcoholics in this important phase of their recovery. He says, once again, people are coming to get sober and find recovery in AA where few of us have worked with wet drunks. Uh, sometimes people are friended when somebody's drinking at the meeting, but in the old days, they used to always come in uh, uh, drunk to, for their first meeting. Then um, <coughs> turn to the next page. Um, 
So here they talk about, if we go down this top paragraph, often the first contact an AA member had with a new person was to take him to treatment. That's what we think of 12-stepping today. You, 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 you take him to treatment, that's very important. But what the 12-step is, is carrying this message to the alcoholic and actually helping them through the steps. And he, uh, we dropped him off in detox. This was a 12-step call. But uh, that's important. We saved a lot of lives doing that. We actually expected the treatment centers to prepare the person. Then we came to us, we would give them the program. It says we have lost some of our skills. And now the treatment centers may be closing down. We're faced with relearning something we used to be good at. People have all kinds of ideas about what's wrong with AA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be a meeting in itself. It could be an all weekend thing. It isn't spiritual enough and so forth, but I believe this is a big factor. Uh, I think there's nothing really wrong with AA. Um, what's wrong is the way sometimes um, we uh, perceive what our role is. But it's not good or bad. AA isn't good or bad. It's uh, service and uh, each individual, how they practice what they're exposed to uh, determines it. And I remember Cliff told me, um, my first sponsor told me that uh, God will send the people who really need it, they'll get to the right place and they'll get the message. And I really think if somebody really wants uh, to find that relationship with God, God will put the right people in the right meetings and the right circumstances in their place. So sometimes we blame AA for not being successful, but then uh, we can't make anybody willing, right? And we can't make anybody defeated and we can't make anybody think they're powerless. An old timer told me in the early days of AA, maybe 95% of the people showed up were drunk. They would have been really good meetings. <laughs> uh, and they would have sniffers. That's right, they would have, you know, I wasn't, I guess I was born then, but they would have people sniffing to see who was, who was drunk or not. Uh, all right, Bill F. Will Wilson emphasized three pertinent ideas. We were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. Anybody heard that before? No, probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism that God couldn't would if he were sought. And without the coercion of being sold on these ideas, we have the, see, the, the, remember, after he wrote those three things in the original manuscript, remember what he said? If you're not convinced at this point, then reread the book or throw it away. Because when you got to this point, they say you're now at step three. And when they took you to step three, you were in a position where you were defeated and you were willing to take the rest of the steps, right? And so what we see is that people say this, but they don't really, they haven't really felt it deep down inside. Without the coercion being sold in these ideas, we have the phenomenon of people doing strange things like taking one step a year. I, I still remember that one guy, this was years ago, Brian Smith went to that meeting with me, and he was a guy who did one step a year. And he loved the sponsor. And his sponsor died, and, and he, he was, I think he was still at the first step, but who knows? One step a month. You hear a lot of things like, you're not ready yet, you need to clear your mind. Uh, what they're really telling you is that you need to live longer sober without treatment and suffer. Why would anybody want to do that? Why would we want to delay working the steps, you know? The only thing that causes us to delay working the steps is our own minds. And then, of course, uh, people say these things and they don't know whether they're good or true, that's not right or wrong, but the big book's very clear. Next and at once, you need to start an inventory 
and they didn't waste a lot of time. I don't think you have to work that long on your first step. It's your experience. Have you experienced the paralysis of your alcoholism? Is your life really unmanageable? Well, if you're really defeated, at least when I got down on my knees, I was really convinced of that. And so that was a gift. And then do you, are you willing to believe that there's a power that can help you? And if you are, you've done step two, and then you're ready to make a decision. And so uh, remember, the longer you stay sober without God, alcohol becomes your treatment option. Because how are you going to treat alcoholism when you're sober? How are you going to treat your irritable, restless, discontented feeling? Remember, you're living sober without the steps. That's, it's, it's a delicate time. So I, I like to get people started right away. And I'm more enthusiastic than they are. And it, I think it drives me crazy half the time. And, and I don't know that it's, that's the right thing. If they're not willing and they're not <coughs> defeated, you know, they're not my patients. I have to remember that. It's different. They have to want to do it. If they want to do it, then we reach out the hand to help them. He talks about in the notion taking steps, there's a power. Uh, they use this a lot to talk about the dynamo, dominoes and how every, the, the force of energy moving through the line is a domino is knocking everyone down. And that's the way I like to think of it. The first step hits the second step and so on. And like I'll, I'll be working with somebody and they get to step four and it's, it's like an ordeal getting through it and then you lose the momentum and then it loses the, it just loses something and then it, they usually don't finish it. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but the more you can, you can keep pushing them and they're willing to do it, then I think the better the results are. It takes both. But, um, and so the secret interaction, the steps and the sequence in a timely manner. He says, if you're making a cake, according to recipe, you don't put the flour in this week, the eggs next week, and milk a week later. And I think that's really true. And when I came to AA, each home group had two meetings a week, a speaker meeting and a 12-step meeting. And the purpose of the 12-step meeting is to make sure that new members could go through the steps with the group's guidance. New people had the opportunity to get the program, and old people had the opportunity to work with new people. I've given that handout through the years many times where it shows uh, um, the solution of AA, and it shows the newcomer in a circle of old timers and how the newcomer then uh, takes the steps and he has a spiritual awakening and he becomes the old timer. It's really not the amount of time <coughs> you're in the program, it's whether you work the steps or not. Each person that sponsor was given so many weeks to work the steps. I had that book, uh, Back to Basics. I've given a million of those out too, where they did the steps in four weeks. And it was started in 1940s. And it was really, it's really good. It's very simple. It's very basic. I think they take two weeks on step four. And they, uh, they go through it. And I've listened to, you can listen to the speaker on XA. And I have some of, the, I think I still have a few of those books at home. And they're very helpful. But you have to have a committed group of people that pair up to do it. Uh, the, the, um, so many of our meetings today have become discussion meetings where people simply discuss their problems like group therapy. Uh, I don't know how the discussion meetings got started. Uh, I don't know what, 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 what was behind that. But uh, ask yourself when you go to some of, some of the meetings, do they ever bother to read from the big book? 
you know, they take the reflections. The reflections is just somebody who wrote that, uh, published it, and there's nothing right or wrong with that, but I often wonder, why don't they read the big book? Uh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably true. Uh, I suggested 1,100 uh, years ago, we were back in that room. I guess I'm on tape, but I don't care. Uh, it was a noon meeting, and I said, why don't we read a page from the big book each day, or two pages? You thought I'd ask them to strip and do push-ups. <laughs> I mean, I, it just, it was an overwhelming negative reaction to that. And uh, it was quite a meeting. Uh, Mark Schultz was there. Uh, I can remember a few other people. And I, I didn't mean well. I just said, why don't we just read? We could cover the, we could cover the book in what? In six or eight weeks. Uh, that was quite a meeting, too. That was one of my more memorable ones. I thought they were going to throw me out of the group. Maybe they tried to. Uh, I probably didn't hear it. <coughs> Tradition 5 says each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message the alcoholic still suffers. If we refocused on the big book, on the 12 steps, on our message, I think we could see a lot more recovery. Anybody agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, in the forward to the second edition of the big book, it was estimated that 75% of the people began the program and began taking the steps, got sober. Of alcoholics who came to A and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way, and 25 sobered up after some relapses. But remember, the people that came in those days were much more w willing, I think. But today, fewer than 5% of people go to their first day meeting and get sober. I think it's less than that. Uh, I think it's probably 1% or less. Um, uh, and it's, it's just the disease. It's very hard for people to give up their plan. This is a disease of self. It's very hard to give up on self. It takes a lot of pain, right, and a lot of suffering to get defeated. The fellowship we have today grew out of the big book, AA, written by the first hundred people. The, the fellowship has grown so big that I'm afraid many groups are not using the big book as they once did. I think members of every group ought to ask themselves, are we really carrying the message of AA? Well, that's why I started this meeting. I hope we're carrying the message. And uh, I, I think one of the pe uh, people like the 12 and 12. And a lot of people who like the 12 and 12 don't realize that it was written 15 years after the big book. And its purpose was not to take people through the steps. And I, I, I had this thought, just came to me, uh, that the, I think the reason a lot of people like the 12 and 12 is because the steps are numbered. The chapters are numbered. Step one, chapter one. Step two, chapter two. The big book doesn't have step one numbered. It doesn't have step two numbered. It's the first 58 pages. And, so, and it sounds good. The information there is very good but it doesn't have specific directions to work the steps. And I also think the information, the way the big book's laid out is so powerful, the progression from the first page through, through when you get into, into action that it's, it's really, it would be, I don't know how it was done, but it would be hard to reproduce. It certainly changed a lot of lives. And it says the things that you learn in the treatment centers may be helpful to you, but this is AA, here's our message. I, uh, I know a lot of people come to uh, here who've done a four-step in treatment. There's nothing good or bad about that. But then I ask them, well, what's the exact nature of your wrongs? 
you know, and they may not know it. I'm not saying that's bad, but they don't know the information they need to follow through on steps six and seven, the rest of the steps. The other thing is there's specific prayers, a specific way at looking at your resentments in the big book that it seems to have a pattern that I know works. And uh, so uh, <coughs> that's not good or bad, but then I think a lot of people uh, rework it when they come here or have been to a treatment center. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it says if you only have an hour for a meeting, every bit of time that you use for the other things, other subjects pushes out the steps. I've been in the groups where if they read the preamble, you didn't hear another word about AA. And I think here at, at Topeka, we read a lot of stuff. And I don't know if that's good or bad either. That's just the way it's done. If you think of the first 100 of Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob, and the sacrifices they made, you realize they were heroes. And people today who work to bring the fellowship back on course, they are heroes too. Often an entire meeting will send around people discussing their problems. Anybody go to any of those meetings? Yet at no time during that meeting will anybody tell those people what our program says to do about their problems. I'll tell another story about myself, one of my magic moments in AA. This was years ago at the uh, uh, Prince of Peace Big Book study, which I actually started in my house years ago. And this lady, she was always complaining about she wanted to use and she wanted to use and this and that. She'd go in great detail of her day and this and that. And I couldn't help it. I said, you know, we have steps. And if you would work the steps, maybe you, would, you wouldn't feel like you had to use all the time. Well, that was the end of the world. Because she talked about me for at least three or four weeks at every meeting and told everybody how terrible I was. And I'm certainly not going to do that again. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, at some meetings, I went to one in Philadelphia. And it's different the way they're organized. And, and it's a little bit different. And they, they, they direct it to people on the specific part of a step and the, and the dialogue. And it was really very good. I'm going to be going back. I'm going to see how their format was. And they also went a little bit longer, too. They went an hour and 15 minutes. God forbid we should go over an hour in Topeka. It's the end of the world. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. So, you know, people come late, but they're always the ones, first ones that want to leave right at the, the time the meeting's over. That's okay. All right, stop. We have a step that answers any problems we have. And that's true. And all, I think all of our answers are in the big book. And people have had the spiritual experience that results from working these steps want to share their experience. I think you can't help giving it away. And I'm really thankful to the people who have been coming here through the years who are working with so many people. And uh, it's, uh, it's just been great. I know uh, we have a lot of women here tonight, but I noticed when Lynn and Lori started coming, we started to have more meeting women coming and more people sponsoring each other. And that, I think, has made a real difference. Uh, they know what they did, and they can help others by carrying this message. Indeed, we are compelled by the 12th step to carry this message. It says we're fighting a tide of other information, other approaches. Basically, the only AA plan is the big book. And if you understand the plan of the big book, you realize that it's simple and, and nothing is more effective. Uh, the big book seems very complicated, but it really is very simple. It says a few things many times. But I tell you, I've been really studying the Bible uh, very uh, diligently, listening and reading. And the Bible is very complicated. And if I just read it on my own, I wouldn't understand it at all. And I had the same problem with the big book. Uh, it's, it's not easily understood the way it's written. But once it's explained, it becomes very simple. And so um, 
I think it's a hard book to read. They say give the book to somebody, read it, come back and say if you want to do it. I think it's very hard to read on your own uh, um, and really get the meaning of it. Uh, I did it for a long time, didn't understand it. It sounded all really good, and, uh, but I didn't understand the plan behind it. It says, most, in the last few years, most communities have big book study groups. I remember uh, 15 or 16 years ago, there was one big book 12-step study that was at people's homes. And then I think besides that in Topeka, I don't think there were any other big book studies. And that's why in 03 or 04, we started that Prince of Peace meeting. And then uh, there started to be a renaissance <laughs> of, uh, of people studying the book. Um, he says, I'm in a big book study. My guess is at least half the people show up and end up getting sober. I don't know, but I think the people come here regularly, most of them have stayed sober. I think it's because we're trying to stay in the solution and the message. Uh, he sees, he's seen a lot of young women there lately, mostly drug addicts and alcoholics from rough, seemingly hopeless situations. I've seen them pull themselves and get together, become happy, productive people. I think we have some women in the room now who have an example of that. They hold jobs and they help other people. The program Big Book is still changing our lives. I, I don't think the program's changed, but the fellowship is, has diverged. To the fellowship almost has its own program. There's certain slogans you hear in the fellowship that aren't in the Big Book. They're not good or bad. And you've gotten away from the, uh, the, the program was the program and the fellowship was to bring you to the Big Book. And so those are things, all, all organizations change over time. Uh, that's just uh, normal, but but you can't forget the roots because you forget the roots, then you then you don't get the same results. It says we all love AA; it saved our lives, but somewhere along the way, without our realizing it, some of the principles have gotten lost. When we start losing the message, we start losing the fellowship. And then I think, do you want to do the last three pages or stop here? What do you want to do? Stop here. All right, there you go. That was uh, unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to stop here and then we'll open up.